Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, The Adventures of Bob Hope number 102. Cover date December 1966. Cover price 12 cents. Cover artist Bob Oxner, edited by Murray Boltonoff, featuring The Invasion of the Teen Monsters, written by Arnold Drake, art by Bob Oxner, letters by Stan Quill, colors by Tom Nicolosi. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go go. This is it. Bob finds out that Tad is secretly super hip. But will he tell Tad? Not if Tad has anything to say about it, because he's busy with his teenage terrors terrorizing the town. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. A one, a two. Zing, 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 zing. Got it? Man, that's my native tongue. Look out. Zoom, 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 zoom. I know we're not beside the side of Z, but when you're sitting by the side of me, I want to sing a little song. Sing some sentimental melody about a chapel or an apple tree, about a couple living happily, and I'll be glad to sing along. And I'll be glad it ain't the season that has me kind of silly. You really are a dolly, a dolly and a dilly. You got a reason to cuddle sort of close to me And we could do a very clever bit of close harmony You know Braxton and Paxton and Jayla and Kayla Brexit and Alexis and Kip and Michaela But do you recall the most annoying elementary school children of all? They're in high school I'm not singing about this comic, I'm just making up a Christmas song Oh, it's for my own <laughs> I spent the day listening to Christmas music on Spotify, and I have some reminders for the world. What? Seasons of Love from Rent is not a Christmas song. My favorite things from Sound of Music is a Christmas song. And yes, Mary did know. Thank you. I won't be taking questions at this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did Seasons of Love come up on a Christmas playlist? Is because, it because of the effing pentatonics. By the way, there's more than five voices on any given recording of them. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so, so the effing pentatonics put it on. Yeah, yeah, on a Christmas album. Not appropriate. Seasons of... Seasons of Love. Also, that whole album was wonk, bonkers. I oh. meant to say wonky and bonkers, but I said wonkers. Wonkers, uh, okay. Also, Amazing Grace is not a Christmas song, just because it's 
uh, religious. You know what else is not a Christmas song? Nor is it religious. Hallelujah. Stop singing it in religious so oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally about, about an sex. orgasm. Yeah, yeah. So I would recommend, um, I think I did recommend this last week, but the Christmas Jazz playlist on Spotify. It mm-hmm. still remains my absolute favorite go-to Christmas music. Um, I, I have been playing Christmas music since before Thanksgiving. Sure, sure. And I've grown a little tired of the customary Christmas songs, mm-hmm. and I have found... Um, Classical Christmas on Spotify. Sure. Course, uh, we subscribe to Spotify, which is why. Yes. I and, mm-hmm. um, and Christmas jazz to be a wonderful. And then if you really want something annoying uh, and cloyingly sweet. Acapella Christmas because it's all pentatonics uh, and all inappropriate that sounds songs. worse. That sounds awful. But I listened to Christmas music today when I was taking Captain Butler for a walk. I had a lovely time. So Captain Butler is a hound dog. I don't know if we've mentioned. Listener, Captain Butler is our big hound dog. And he's a... Excellent walking companion. Yes. And we had a lovely time today. And he was just, he was so obedient. I, I know that he doesn't obey you at all. No. But I say heal, and he comes right back. And I always make him heal whenever a car is coming. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he's done, he always wants to pull away as soon as the car passes. But yes. I don't let him, because uh, I try to change it up. Otherwise, he he doesn't know if another car is coming like I do. So I always I always make him wait, and then I say, okay, and then I tell him, good boy. And I can always tell from his ears, he's really excited. He well, things me. have changed between us since I got that air horn. Oh, have they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got that thing that goes, Psst. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He does not like it. He doesn't. No, I just have to show it to him. Maybe that's why Junebug doesn't want to go on walks anymore. Are you bringing that air horn with you all yes, the time? I am. Oh, my God. I, I wonder what changed. Oh, what, what do you mean? What changed? She never wants to go for a walk. She's lazy and she's entitled. Terrible. She's. Off. I have to get that bitch up off the sofa. I can say bitch because she's a female dog, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm saying I'm using bitch in the derogatory term here. Right. So uh, I have to in the mornings. She knows that. So I feed them first, and this is at six that o'clock is in the morning. Mistake. You can't feed them first. That's all she's motivated by. Oh. If she knows she has to go on a walk before she eats, she'll go on the walk. Oh, well, then I can change it up again. Yeah. So she has, I usually feed them, and then she goes right to the sofa in the in the television room. Yep. And sits in the dark. Yep. Right? And then I look at her, and she looks at me over the back of the sofa, and she won't move. Oh, she knows. Oh, she's terrible. She's terrible. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I, I know. You don't yeah. have to tell me. So I wanted to take her for the walk today with Captain Butler. No. Nope. And she was up for it. And then as soon as I got outside the door, I realized I needed to tie my shoe. So I let I bent down to tie my shoe, and immediately she starts pulling to go back inside the house. And I looked at her and I said, fine, you want to go back in the house? I'm not dragging your ass for two miles. You may go back inside, Missy. And she went back inside, and Butler and I had a lovely time, didn't we? What a great week we had, too. Did I mean, we? it was a very stressful week. Yes, it, it was. was. It, it was honestly, I was fighting the, the tiredness all week. I don't know yep. what's going on with me with tiredness. It's seasonal affective disorder, I imagine. Uh, you or, think I have sad? Um, uh, what's that other disease? Um, sinking sickness. <laughs> sinking sickness. I don't know what it is. So anyway, um, I I um, I'm just going to try to get a little bit more sleep at night. But um, I, I, so so anyway, what was nice is we got together with friends last night for dinner. That was just lovely. It was lovely to spending time with them. So thanks. holy secret identities. I learned Tad is really super hip in Invasion of the Teenage Monsters. Is that your Bob Hope impersonation? Holy no. secret identity. No. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Holy secret identities. 
I learned Tad is really super hip in Invasion of the Teenage Monsters. That's not great either. I'm just going to do Phyllis Diller. Okay. Holy secret identities. I learned Tad is really super hip in Invasion of the Teenage Monsters. That's actually a really good imitation of Phyllis Diller. Thank you. I've worked on that. The Adventures of Bob Hope, number 102. You see how The Adventures of is so tiny up there in the... Oh my no. god, I, I didn't even see it until you brought my attention to it. Yes, I see it now. Because there's not really many adventures. And Mm-mm. in fact, Bob Hope doesn't even appear in this magazine until like page six. Oh my god, this magazine is the worst. On the cover. You guys are going to love this issue. We this, have. Uh, the episode, I'm sure. Tad Walleter Jutfruis, who is a friend, uh, a son of one of Bob Hope's friends, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, they're at the high school science fair. Tad Walleter has invented a perpetual motion machine. That sounds helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he doesn't understand no one is interested in the beauty of a superior machine in motion. And Bob Hope says, I'm afraid they are. Because in a cage dancing above the crowd is a radio-operated girl invented by a super hip. My goodness. Uh, and I was waiting for that to happen. Yep, and, and it does not. It it's doesn't It's a deceptive happen. cover. Yeah. Uh, however... I don't like the idea of putting women in cages, but this is a very good drawing of a woman by Bob Oxner. He's known for his pretty women drawings. Now, did Bob draw for Mad Magazine? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably. I mean, the, the artwork in this is surprisingly, surprisingly different from everything we see in every other issue. It is well. He's been drawing Bob, all of the Bob Hopes we've seen. Well, the, those are. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I should have said. You Bob meant Hopes. the I superhero been, comics. The, yes, exactly. The, the superhero comics. Yes. He. Um, yes, in the '70s, he drew a number of Mary Marvel stories. You mm-hmm. know Mary Marvel, mm-hmm. and uh, some backup strips in Super Friends. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he worked for Mad Magazine. Of course, you didn't ask me that before. I could have researched. No, that's that. it's totally fine. Totally fine. It's not like you can pause and check. Um, but uh, because it just reminded me very much of, uh, especially the interior art reminded me a lot of just that crazy kind of Mad Magazine type sure. style. But um, so, as you recall, Bob Hope lives with uh, Tad no, Walter. He, does, does he live with Tad Yes, yeah, Tad Walter lives there because he's... A, Moved to town to go to high school. Oh, I thought maybe Tad's parents are dead. Oh, I as I recall, it's a, some childhood friend of Bob Hope's. Maybe it's Bing oh. Crosby's son, and he was sick of being beaten with a belt, so he moved in Bob Hope. Oh, let's just say that's who it is. Okay. It's Bing Crosby's son. And uh, they go to Benedict Arnold High School, where these faculty and staff are all universal monsters I, I, for some reason. That's crazy. I, I don't want you to get confused with Jerry Lewis, who has a witch maid in his house and his nephew, Renfrew. Yes. And, uh... No, I wouldn't get confused. Do they have a talking animal in Jerry Lewis? Because we have Harvard, Harvard the dog. No, no. Okay. No. Bob Hope. The Invasion of the Teen Monsters. At Bob Hope's house, his young ward... Oh, he's a ward. Like Dick Grayson. Yes. So I'm assuming he has no family. Well, now that could be. Tad Walleter is entertaining a few guests in his own special fashion. These are ladies he's got in his bedroom. And he's just made a very interesting discovery concerning the blood serum of certain primates. 
and he's got an atomic reactor and insects in his room. Yes, and what I find really interesting is that he's got a blood serum. Mm-hmm. I mean, with primate blood serum. Right. I hope it's been treated or something. Well, and there's also a skeleton right there. Is that the skeleton of the primate from which he derived <laughs> the blood? Maybe he would boil the skin off. Tad, maybe Tad has a dark side. He's got one pretty girl in his room, and that's Lisa. Mm-hmm. And one... She's not ugly, but we're supposed to think she's ugly because she's wearing glasses. And she has exaggerated teeth. Exaggerated teeth. She. This is like Gidget and LaRue, isn't it? Yes, although I find that the, 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 the goofy girls are a lot more fun to be around. Oh, sure. Mm. Now, Lisa, the pretty girl, she's got the hots for Tad Walleter, while this other gal's hot for Super Hip. Right. In a flippity-floppity... They don't know that they're both hot for the same boy. No, they don't. Not yet. Meanwhile, in comes Doltish Goldliver. He's the rich boy with his uh, helper. I can't remember his helper's name. Is it Baboon or Ox or something? I don't know. They've brought a plate full of sandwiches in to replenish the supplies in Ted's refrigerator. There are only five of them. They're going to eat all those sandwiches? You haven't seen uh, that goofy girl eat. She can put it away. <laughs> I guess they're in the basement rumpus room. Yes, we it's see the rumpus some steps room. going down. Yes. yes, that was the nineteen fifties or sixties thing. The rumpus room. Now the finished basement that became the game room for the children. Doltish gold liver. He's rich, so he's brought a plate full of caviar. Japanese honeybees in soy sauce. No, that's what he says he normally has at home. He has Oh, okay. He's uh, made do with what's in the fridge. African chocolate-covered ants and pickled rattlesnake. All of those things I think are true things. I didn't look up Japanese honeybees and soy sauce, but I assume that's something that they eat. They'll eat anything over there. Oh, why would anyone eat a bee? Why wouldn't you? It's full of nutrients and protein. Ugh. What if it gets stung in the mouth? They don't eat them live. No, but they still have stingers. I'm sure they take the stingers out, unless it's like a puffer fish situation that the risk is part of the thrill of eating it. Those Japanese will eat anything. Tad Walleter has made some homemade cola. And, uh, well, they're all just having a grand time sitting around reading the newspaper and eating liverwurst sandwiches. You know how kids love to do. Yes, but the... What's... Who? So Lisa's the pretty girl. Yeah. Who's the funny girl? What's we don't know. I oh, can't no. remember. Okay. I'm sure we'll find out soon. All right. Lisa's reading in the newspaper about how college vacationers took over a town with day and night rioting, discotheques, and hospitals kept busy. Huh. So she's got the bright idea. They're going to get their high school together and take over a town, find a town decrepit enough to need their money, and they're just going to go. And, and, and the purpose is it just because it, they're bored. They're bored. Yeah. Now, Tad Walletter reminds them they are not of college age, so they would only be permitted to hold such a gathering for work or study. So this is like a spring break situation. Yeah. Only they're in high school, so they can't have, they're going to have to do something that's a fair or something. Right, right, right. So they come up with the idea because they are, uh, Goofy Girl reminds them that their parents will let them do anything as long as they're sure there's no fun in it. So that's where they come up with the idea for a science fair, a national high school science fair. Goofy Girl looks like a young Mrs. Kravitz. Yes. Uh, 
ugly girl. Uh, we'll say goofy girl. She's not ugly. She's very excited. And uh, we should mention that Gold Liver is looking for the ketchup because that pays off with a punchline at the bottom of the page. Gross. Now, the, what I really like here is the uh, in the middle panels, uh-huh. the movement of the girls. It looks yes. fantastic. I mean, it just looks it looks like they're moving. Unlike the Superman comic we read last week where it looked like the <laughs> artist had put Superman mannequin in a uh-huh. pose and just threw him through the window. Through the window. Right, yeah. These look like they're actually moving. Lisa's excited about a week of freedom. Goofy Girl's excited about a week of boys. And who can blame her? Boys, boys, boys. So they start writing letters to all the major high schools all over. Right. Uh, Lisa's not going to write to any girls' schools. Mm-mm. They're just going to write to boys' high schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ketchup, as it turns out, was the blood serum of a horse. Oh, gross. Do, 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 do. Um, so later... At the indoor stadium, which... Oh, it's Badger. I was so confused. It's Badger Gold Liver. Adultish is his... That's what I thought, but I didn't say anything because I didn't know enough about Gold Badger's real name. That to, to, Well, I knew there was an animal involved somewhere. Badger and what? Dol- 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 Badger dol-tish. and uh, Adultish. Well, that makes sense because yeah. he's adult. It would be the, the, the friend of Badger. Now, they're going to get back at... Tad Wallader, because he had them trick them into drinking the horse. He didn't really. He was. He didn't offer it to them. What I love um, about uh, Badger's bedroom uh-huh. is that it reminds me so much of what super rich people do to their houses to to show their richness. They have really large vases and they have paintings. And notice uh-huh. how the painting says was signed in print by Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, in English. Right, and they have big carved things and. And what I always think is so interesting is that, um, like like Donald Trump, um, he'll put like gold shit all over his house uh-huh. and gold toilets and gold whatever because they think it it looks rich but it just looks gaudy. Yeah, especially if you're educated and you have taste and uh-huh. you've actually been to a museum. Sure, you know, and you look at these rich people with their things and you just go, Ugh, God. I'm fairly certain Donald Trump if has we never were, been to a museum. Oh, I'm sure. If we were frightfully rich, yes. we would probably want to re- re- decorate our entire home in mid-century modern reproduction furniture. Yes, absolutely. Which would be sleek Reproduction. If we're rich, we're getting originals. Well, okay. Well, if, if, it, if it was originals, it would all have been restored. Okay, right, yeah. Right. But it would be sleek, beautiful lines, beautiful yes. bold colors. And you surfaces, surfaces, surfaces. You wouldn't see any giant gold vases sitting around or... Fake Leonardo da Vinci paintings. But you know what I read today? It never occurred to me. What? You know how you see those paintings and it's just like a one canvas and one color slopped on it? Yeah. Uh, and it sells for like $14 million? Yeah. Because they're money laundering. Oh, it's yeah. The rich... Well, I never knew who... Well, they should make that common knowledge. Oh, it's I just all, thought yeah. people were idiots buying things like that. <laughs> well, I always thought that too. But I'm just saying, oh, yeah, because that makes sense. I didn't know it. I have a friend... I, I have a friend, too. I won't name them. Okay. But they were on the board of a museum of fine art <gasps> in a small yes. metropolitan city. Yes. And a friend of theirs. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe they weren't on the board, but their friend was on the board. Anyway, the board member just took a piece of sheet metal and had put it in, down in his garage and just set paint cans on it uh-huh. for a couple of years. Yeah. And then he snuck that into the museum, this piece of sheet metal with paint can rings on it. Uh-huh. And put it up, and nobody noticed. Wow. The state of education in our country. 
Uh, right. Don't get me started. Oh. Now. All right, so let's get back to the story. Badger has a plan for revenge. They're going to go to Tad's house, which is also Bob Hope's house. Mm-hmm. They've got a stack of cigars, which smell like horse manure. Honestly, that's what all cigars that's smell all cigars like. smell like. Yeah. And they're at the basement window, and they're going to smoke them and smoke them and blow the smoke into the house until it sets off Tad Walleter's jury-rigged fire alarm and extinguisher system. <laughs> And by the time the fire company gets there, actually, most fire companies are departments, aren't they? The yes. fire department. <laughs> They're fire companies. Ha! Ah, hey, you two with the green faces. What? Where's the fire? Oh, are firemen Irish now? I thought that was the police. Oh, they're all Irish. Oh, okay. <laughs> this time, <laughs> either that or they're, or they're from Chicago. You know, the you know, fast talking. Well, yeah, this guy's been in a couple of fights. Look at that nose. Yeah, he probably talks like this. Yeah. Hey, you two with the green faces, where's the fire? There is none, my good man. But you can drive us to the hospital. We're suffering from smoke poisoning. Black. <laughs> so what they do is, I, I don't understand why Tad. Um, is down in this basement. Uh, he must be so absorbed in his experiments yes. that he doesn't notice that the sprinklers do come on and then the sand also comes Yes, up. exactly. Uh, yeah, okay, that's it. That's the gag. Yeah, Tad makes his way upstairs where Bob Hope is uh, silently reading the newspaper with his dog, Harvard Harvard. God, I love that name. And uh, they Harvard. investigate the source of the smoke and they find the foreign cigar butts outside on the lawn. Hmm. Tad realizes it's Badger, who's been trying to uh, get revenge, and he says he'd like to macerate his viscera, flagellate his flexors, and terminate his tensors. Why don't you take him to dinner first, Tad? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bob Hope's very impressed that Tad is uh, expressing a healthy emotion, Mm -hmm. but Tad uh, shoves it all down. He's going to go to bed and not permit himself an animalistic exhibition. Well, that's what I do. I take all my negative emotions and shove them down and well, put something like a piece of cake or half a bag of Doritos on top of it. That's going to bite you in the ass these <laughs> days. My ass is getting pretty big to bite. Speaking of asses, here's a beefcake shot, shot of Bob Hope getting ready for bed. <laughs> I was wondering. I thought when I first saw that he was fanning his toes. But it turns out no, he's, he's taking off his sock. sock. Now, I... Have seen a movie of young, young Bob Hope, mm-hmm. Road to Zanzibar, mm-hmm. with the first of the Road movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bob Hope has an extended shirtless scene. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Hmm. He was a boxer, you know. Oh, yes. He looks like he has a, the fitness of a boxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's too bad about his face. But when he was young, it wasn't so objectionable. Yeah. <sighs> now, the dog can talk. Did we mention that? I didn't remember that. It's been a long time since we've read a Bob Hope comic. It has, and I didn't remember that if he can talk to everyone or just Bob Hope can he, quote unquote hear him. Yeah, which would make a lot more sense. Yes, it would. Bob's worried about Tad because he shoves his emotions down, and he's worried he's going to get sick. He's got to loosen up. I'll have another talk with him. Okay. Meanwhile, at the hospital, because of course you know. Um, uh, Doltish and Badger have been taken to the hospital for tobacco sickness. Yes. Badger looks a lot like Jerry Lewis. I'm sure he that's He does, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, they're at the hospital. Tad is at home. 
they have uh, prepped his closet with some tricks. They've put bats inside Tad's closet. And Tad is terribly afraid of bats. Yes. In fact, it's the only living thing that terrifies him. I should hope so. He's got skeletons of blood in the basement. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he knows exactly who did this. And it infuriates him and sends him into a physical change. Yes. Anger overwhelms him. His entire body is thrown into kooky conflict. He is a whirl and a gog in his whirly gig as he undergoes his unique transformation. But who should then enter but Bob Hope, who's come to have a man-to-man talk with Tad? Uh, Bob Hope thinks he's doing a new dance. <laughs> it's the greatest dance since they combined the mashed potato with the swim and got fish and chips. <laughs> and and once, once more, out of that oven of torrid emotions comes the giant nut bread... Super hip. Your only saving grace, your sunlight at the end of the tunnel of normalcy, your sweet rain and the dull drought of destiny. So, of course, Bob Hope has seen him transform. Yes. Now, Bob Hope knows and hates Super Hip. Yes. But he's just seen Tad transform and he is overcome with laughter. Tad is really super hip. And then he passes out. Yes. Well, I've never passed out. I've gotten close once or twice. What if I turned into super hip? Would you turn out, pass out then? Um, no, I'd just go along for the ride and see what happens. He has a flying guitar. Yes, and he can turn into things. Yeah. I won't, I won't want to know. I'm not going to freak out. Like, oh, wow, this is, this is a twist in our personal story. <laughs> After 30 years of, of being together, let's see what happens with this. Wouldn't you? I suppose. If I turn into something a lot more exciting than I am. If I could wear those skinny jeans like he does, oh. I'd be in seventh heaven. <laughs> what would I have to do to piss you off to turn into super hip? <laughs> now, Bob wakes up and thinks he's had a nightmare. He wakes up and there is still super hip. Uh, who calls himself the gassiest of gassers and bloniest of blonies. Oh, well, that, you're halfway right. there with the gassiest of gassers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be awful to turn into super hip and have this fantastic young, athletic, super body, but old face and, and also current age face and be gassy and be and be gassy and have that horrible haircut? Now, uh, super hip explains that he, in fact, is Tad, and when Tad buries his emotions, when he holds them in too long, super hip pops out. Mm-hmm. Now. Super hip is off to straighten out Badger for that smoke gag and those mechanical bats. We didn't mention the bats were mechanical. No animals were harmed in the production of this comic. So, of course, Super hip knows that he's actually Tad Wallet. Wallet, Wallet? Yes, yes, but Tad does not know, know that, that he's Super hip. hip. Right. So off he flies with his uh, battle cry, Bleck to Lawrence Welk. Well, I didn't mind Lawrence Welk. Well, no, that's not true. I hated Lawrence Welk as a child. As a but, child. Yeah, but now I would totally watch it. Girl, I wanted to be a Lawrence Welk singer. Mm. You kidding me? By the way, did you know there are Lennon brothers? No. Yes, there are. So I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bob goes to Harvard, Harvard, and uh, brings him into the closet so they can talk in secret. Mm-hmm. Tells them, I mean, he tells Harvard, Harvard... He's about to tell him that Tad is super here. Harvard, Harvard already knows. Mm-hmm. He's a dog. He can tell. 
Sure, it's- dogs can smell it. <laughs> uh, Harvard, Harvard has known it all along. The clues were obvious, but I was afraid to tell you, master. I feared it was a blow for which you might never recover. That's not how Harvard, Harvard talks. How does he talk? Actually, I've known all right along, master. The clues were obvious, but I was afraid to tell you. I feared it was a blow from which you might never recover. Me. He's a hound dog. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, at Lisa's house, Lisa and Goofy Girl are on the phone mm-hmm. calling up all these high schools. Her father comes into the room begging her to get off the phone. He's got an extension. Then she put an extension on the extension, and now he... Only wants to make one teeny call. Please, please, may I use the phone? She says, sure, Dad. Is it important? Not really. My business is about to fail. The house is on fire and I shot myself through the foot by accident, but it's nothing. Well, gee, Dad, why didn't you say something? Remember when you only had one phone extension? Yes. That was terrible. Remember having conversations with your friends on the phone with an earshot of your parents? Yes. Ugh. Um... We did have an extension upstairs in my parents' bedroom. You can go there for privacy, but normally you had to sit right in the kitchen landing and talk. Bob, are you going to get off the phone? Well, I wasn't a problem because I didn't have any friends. But one time I was in a car accident and I'm trying to call home. And of course, you know who, little sisters on the phone day uh-huh. and night. Yes. I couldn't get through. Oh, my God. I had, to call call? The oper- I had to call the operator and make an emergency breakthrough. Okay, good. Yeah. Operator, how may I help you? Listen, Sarah, I'm down at the general store. Can you ring up mother, please? My Model T's been bent up. <laughs> Uh, Lisa will never understand parents if she lives to be 23. Never want to be 23 ever now, again. The next part of their plan is they need to get Badger's father to underwrite all the costs. So off they go to Gold Liver Manor. And now we get into the wicked dreams of Badger, Gold Digger, Goldfinger, Gold... Gold Liver. He's the man, the man with the jaundiced skin. (laughs) Gold Liver. He just can't win. Uh, He's being awarded in his dreams a medal as the rottenest kid in the USA. Ta-da! He's receiving this award, and then... uh, Super Super Hip appears in. in his dream... And claims the title of rottenest kid in America. Mm-hmm. Super hip, as you remember, who can turn into anything, turns himself into a giant cream pie. Classic. <laughs> and he's going to land right in Gold Liver's face, but he misses. And then uh, <laughs> this kid. Yes. Uh, why can't I, I? All I can think of is Tad Walter, and that's not, that's not his no, name. No, Badger. Uh, ba- Badger. Badger um, does... Uh, a cultural appropriation. Uh-huh. <laughs> he does a dance of a triumphal war dance he learned from an old Indian woman in Indiana. Yep. No, an old Indian in Indiana. Yes. Right? So he's going, I'm an Indian, which I find uh, incredibly reductionist. Yes. Yeah. Suddenly, Badger is awakened by his own noisy woo-woos. And who should be sitting on the edge of his bed but Super Hip himself the real, in the real hip. world? And he really does turn himself into a pie and flies at him. And misses, but then he does a U-turn and splat. 
Now, if this is super hip, turning him into turning himself into a cream pie, mm-hmm. what is the substance of the whipped this cream? This is the same question that I raised with like Metamorpho uh-huh. when he turns himself into gas and he dissipates. Yes, or when he turn when he b- takes on some larger mass. Uh-huh. Where does where do the elements come from, or where do the atoms come from? And you said it comes from the air. Sure. Because if he leaves something something of himself behind, then he's actually giving something of his own mass. Yes. Right. So if Superhip is leaving something of himself behind, which is you know meringue pie, uh huh, um, then he should walk away missing like an ankle or a foot or something, right? Sure. Where does he get? Unless we just say, well, it's magic. And, well, and it could be magic. I yeah. mean, there. Well, magic is transformation, and transformation is taking our um. Um, particles from one state to another state, so we can just assume I'm that well he's aware. converting. He's converting particles. I mean, the principal of the high school is a vampire, so right, right, and they're Frankenstein and werewolf. Yeah, yeah. So let's just let's just not let's just assume that it's magic, and magic is actually transformation of particles from one state to another. Okay, right. Uh, Superhip leaves the house, runs into Lisa and her friend. And they explain that they want Mr. Goldliver to bankroll the high school science convention and also general teen riot. Now, if you can't notice the, the, the particles um, being displaced or transformed, then maybe he's getting it from dark matter. Yes. Um, super hip <laughs> explains <laughs> that Mr. Goldliver is busy wiping... Uh, Super hips goo off Super of his son. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's going to dig up in this meadow here, which is full of garbage and manure. He takes them to a landfill. Yes. Uh, explaining that 25 years ago, this rotten field was used as an army camp. Now watch his old super shovel. He turns himself into a shovel. Mm-hmm. Digs up a fortune. What does he dig up? A pile of gas masks, discarded uh, army gear, and... Some ancient magazines. No, those aren't magazines. Henrietta, that's her name. Lisa and Henrietta. Oh, nice. Look, it's the original copies of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Detective Comics, and lots more. Rare comic magazines worth maybe $10,000. And Henrietta says, what? And I've been wasting my time reading Dickens, Shakespeare, and Twain. Holy libraries. Now, um... I'm not sure how we would grade these comics that have been buried in filth for 50 years. Unless they were Probably covered. Probably be like a 1.5 or something. Who knows? Maybe they're covered with, with a tarp and wax paper. Well, that's not evident from the artwork here. No, it they're isn't. Yes. Strewn among yes. tin cans and such. And whatever the 1940s and 50s equivalent, or else it was 60s, 1940s equivalent of Playboy was, they uh-huh. probably mixed down in there too. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Now, girls showing ankle <laughs> and shoulders. Shocking, this shocking display of shoulders in the centerfold. Um, so Superhip flies off. Henrietta uh, invites him to join them at the science fair because she wants to have a date with him. And uh, he says he'll meet her there. And she's, uh, what's the word? Heartbroken? Stricken? No. Love struck? Love struck. You really dig him, don't you? That big, bragging bag of gas. She goes, 
do I know? So, anyway, she says, yeah, but he's he's so hip. And opposites attract, you know. And this is where she confesses. Yes. Oh, boy, do I know. Me, queen of the campus, Miss Bubbles of 1966. And who do I fall for? Tad Walleter, who is flatter than a bride's first cake. Let's face it, Lisa, sweetie. Romance is a kick in the pants. I'll say... All right, so uh, while Chapter 14 of the Miss Lonely Hearts Club is in session, uh, Bob Hope is talking to his dog, Harlan... Uh, uh, Harvard, Har- Har- Harvard, Harvard. Who's wearing a nightgown? That's a sleeping uh, it's costume. It's a nightgown. Yes. Uh, now, Bob Hope is debating whether or not to tell Tad that he is really super hip. Um, but Harvard, Harvard warns against it. Because he might not be quite so impressed, and in fact, it might cause a psychotic break... Just then, who rings the front doorbell? It's Tad Walter. Tad Walter. He's come home with no memory of where he's been. Dressed in a t-shirt and jeans and shoes, and he's got his own goop all over his shoes. He's got lemon meringue all over his shoes. Now, Bob Hope says, come in. We'll discuss it. There's something I've got to tell you. It's about super hip. And Tad Walter replies, that disgustingly depraved and diseased delinquent... That emperor of hot air and clown prince of cooktum? What could you possibly want to tell me about him? Just this. He's a fink. Good night, Tad. (laughs) He's a fink. Good night, Tad. The following day. And he gets a wink from Harvard Harvard. That's a nice touch. Mm -hmm. The following day. A lovable old Benedict Arnold High in the office of the principal, who I remind you is a vampire. Right. Dr. Van Pyre. (laughs) He, uh, Lisa and Henrietta have come to talk to the principal. And the werewolf, who's apparently the science teacher, is with them to explain that the girls have made arrangements for a junior science fair. As science teacher, I think we should cooperate. Ted Walter says, it would generate interest in science and be a fine experience for the students, sir. And the faculty gets three days off mid-pay. A splendid suggestion. There's a town called Rabsville, used to be a great resort area, but they've fallen on bad times. I think we could hold it there quite cheaply. I'll call the mayor. Ring, 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 ring. Give me the mayor of Drabsville right away. (laughs) Hello, mayor of Drabsville? Why, yes, I'd be honored to welcome our future scientist to Drabsville. Garbage spot. I mean, garden spot of America. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. There in the Drabsville city council chambers. This is what I thought reminded me so much of Mad Magazine. Yes. Whoopee, we're rich. Our city council can stop lunching at the Salvation Army. No more clothes from the army surplus shop. Hey, now, when I was in college, it was all the rage to go to the army surplus store. Sure, and you know, you can be really, really poor, but you don't have to sit around in some shabby old Phil, shitty you can filth. dust and clean yeah. the cobwebs up. Well, that's all about depression, isn't it? Yes. I mean, not, that not being poor is, no, 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 no. I'm saying that this is a sign of depression that they're all sitting around in their city council building has been condemned. It's leaning to the side. Yeah. The, the roof is falling apart uh, and there's cobwebs everywhere. They're just, these poor people are just not only poor, they're depressed. Now, Mr. Mayor, have you forgotten why we became a ghost town? It's because we've got real ghosts. <laughs> the mayor says nonsense. Those were just rumors. The hotel was never really haunted. Uh, the city council sits around debating about all the people they know who've been uh, scared to death or their hair turned white and uh, driven to do things like drink paint. 
right. because of the ghosts in the hotel, we're assuming. Mm-hmm. They vote on it. It's three against, but four in favor of holding the nationwide high school science fair right there in Drabsville. And the next day, the train arrives, full of teenagers who immediately start causing trouble all over the town. It appears that only maybe one of the members of the city council or town council, yeah, the city council, has teeth. (laughs) That tracks. Yeah. Uh... Remember where we lived in the town council there. Oh, yeah. Across the river. Of course, now yeah. we've moved up. But uh, now they head right for the Grand Hotel, which is swarming with bats and cobwebs, and there's a skeleton right on the front porch. Mm-hmm. This looks like Monster Mansion. Of course, the faculty have accompanied them. Yes, and they say, oh, isn't it beautiful? They're delighted. Now, but they have no place in the story. I do not understand why the fact. I mean, they they managed to weave them in to some use yeah. of the story, but I do not understand why the faculty have to be universal monsters. I don't understand that either. I mean, it's like except it's like they're all drawing the this comic and saying, <laughs> "Let's just throw everything into a pot and see what's uh, like." Let's just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, right. Like, who's their audience? Uh, people from age seven to. 27? I don't know. But, you know, this is when the Munsters was on TV and the Flintstones had those creepy neighbors. So they were throwing monsters at everything. Now, the principal uh, suggests that everyone take a nap before the opening of the science fair, (laughs) which the faculty are going to do. Um, Tad Walliter wonders where they're going to hold the exposition. And Lisa says, I've, uh, they offered us the town auditorium, but I got a barn, Thatcher's Barn, 22 miles from town, because it's going to be so much fun getting there because they've brought along all these motorbikes. Scooters. Where did those come from? I don't know. You can get a lot with $10,000, I guess. I guess so. Uh, off they go, and everyone has a date except poor Henrietta. Where's yeah. Super Hip? Sigh. (laughs) What could be worse than being in love with a guy who's never around? I'll tell you, Henrietta. (laughs) Being in love with a guy who's always around. (laughs) Tad Walliter. He needs a square, and he's on a scooter, actually moving and reading the manual. He's driving the scooter and reading the manual at the same time. That's very dangerous. Yes, so whatever happens to him, he deserves. He crashes into a rock, is diverted right through... Uh, look at that. It's a Jerry Lewis billboard. Oh. They are trolling Jerry Lewis left and right. <laughs> the billboard is right at the edge of a cliff, so off they go into the river below and float down the river on board the scooter, which is now a watercraft. That reminds me, the, the billboard reminds me, did you, I, so I grew up in Florida, so I, I remember seeing this, but did you ever see this? The billboard of Solar King commercials where the girl's the girl's bikini would be pulled down by a dog and it would be an automated billboard so you'd see the exposure of the slide of the butt cheek up and down and up and down. No. Yeah, that was a thing. It was for either Solar Cane or Copper Tone or Was it a baby? I don't even know if it was a teenager. I just remember seeing the 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 dog. You'd see the dog Go up and down and up and down. You'd see the bikini go up and down and up and down. I mean, there was a billboard for, like, uh, 
I think it was son, uh, Coppertone or something with a baby on it who was Jodie Foster was the model for the baby. I think I've probably got that all wrong, but it was something like that. Jodie Foster was a baby model for something in a diaper. Meanwhile, at the edge of town, the sheriff has put up police barricades to prevent the children from getting out of town. They're trapped there. And now it looks like we're going into, and it's too early for this, but it looks like we're going into Cannonball Run territory. Yeah. So they, uh, the children are too clever for that. They use the barrier to make a ramp up over the sheriff's office building, and off they go, out of town. A moment later, in Drabsville's Cultural and Recreation Center. <laughs> which is a bar. Which is a, a bar. literal bar. It's like the FOP or the or the Moose Lodge. Now, if I didn't know better, I'd say that's Bob Hope there in the yellow shirt, drinking his troubles away. Bob Hope? Yeah. No, you mean Bing Crosby. Bing, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, the Bing Crosby's dialogue is what I wouldn't give for some zingy excitement. Of course, that's a reference to uh, ding, 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 a little song with me. Oh, but with with me. Come on and sing a little song. Bing Crosby. Yep. When I was leaving last night, um, you know, we drove separately to dinner because yes. you had an appointment, and I and I we're very busy. It's Christmas work. season. So uh, when I left, um, you left earlier than me because you had to get up early this morning for you left immediately yes. after dinner, mm-hmm. and I went to a little uh, place with our friends at Yes. So I was walking to the garage and there were two people in front of me and... Was it Bob Hope and Bing Crosby? No, but listen. So it's a guy and a girl and they start singing snow, snow, <gasps> snow, snow. And I couldn't remember how the chord stacked. So I didn't, but I wanted to sing with them so oh. badly. It was just the two of them just having, they were having a good time, night out, two of them. Uh-huh. And I wanted to, and, and they were just having a good, you know, just walking along and I thought, God, if I could remember how that damn... Chord gets stacked. I could sing with them, but and they weren't actually good singers. It wouldn't right. matter what I said. But. Well, let's watch that tonight, and then we'll remember how to oh, do it. Oh, God, do we have three hours? Uh, Where's yes. the sump and the army? I don't know if I have three hours because my MacBook uh, was dropped two weeks ago at church. It bounced down the stairs. Oh, my God. And since then, every time I close it, the battery drains, and then it gets on a goofy, it doesn't know what day and time it is. You didn't tell me that you dropped your MacBook. Well, I just, I'm literally telling you just now. Oh, my gosh. Also, there's something else I didn't tell you. What? I got a call yesterday from the Rainbow Vacuum Company, as you remember. Oh, my we, God. We bought the albatross of the Rainbow Vacuum because we were tricked. I can't believe we did that. Oh. Well, we were randomly selected. We were not. To be uh, have a customer... Um, I don't know what they called it, Customer Appreciation Week or something. They're going to send a camera crew to our home. No, they aren't. So we can tell about how much we love the Rainbow Vacuum, and then we get a free $500 attachment. You did not say yes. I said I'd consider it. I have to talk to my agent, of course, but... You let them come here, and you you do that, and let them bring a camera crew. Okay. And I will do the interview. <laughs> What are you going to say? They're not going to like what I have to say. Why? Because I don't like the vacuum cleaner. It is cumbersome. Uh, yes, it's great at vacuuming. But honestly, it's like dragging around a small car. Well, I want that attachment. Don't you want to clean the furniture and whatnot? No. No. Well, then I'll just have And by one. the way, the box of attachments is sitting in the coat closet at the bottom. 
We've got attachments. I just couldn't find them. Oh, well, that's a different story. It is a different story. No, I don't want those people to come in here. Why? We felt sorry for that young kid who was doing his, you know, (laughs) relatively new to sales. And we felt sorry for him. And we're like, oh, you know, we can buy a vacuum cleaner because we really did need a vacuum cleaner. But God, the vacuum cleaner that we bought. Look at this guy picking his nose in the bottom panel. Which one? The red head. Yeah. I bet he eats it, too. (laughs) Don't buy Rainbow Vac, folks. Soon at the Thatcher's Barn, here we are, the faculty, Elvira and Frankenstein, uh, bemoaning their fate as escorts of the high school. Inside... This story is going on forever. We would have been done an hour ago on anything else. Betty Munch (laughs) from the Lucretia Borgia Girls School has invented a uh, sandwich, uh, a machine that makes giant hero sandwiches. She presses a button and two steel claws pick up salami and cheese and yikes, it picked up Betty Munch. I figured out what was wrong. If you look at that panel with her, see what's on her head. A chef's hat? Right. I thought, I stared at it for the longest time going, they have they have, uh, strangely not gotten the proportions correct and made her back hand and wrist bent back to be larger than the one extended out toward the, the reader. And I just, I, I, it didn't occur to me that oh, it was an inking yeah. error, right? Yeah. Yeah. That it should have just been left white. It's it's flesh colored, and I thought her back arm is much larger than her than her front arm. She must have and a club deformed. arm and deformed. Yes, Hector Probe from the Doctor Jekyll Pre Med School. Oh, I thought they weren't calling any boys schools. Uh, anyway, he's and Henrietta probably called. Yeah, he's no, devo- no, they weren't calling girls schools because oh, they wanted boys to be there. Then how did Betty Munch get there? That Henrietta is probably friends with her. You know, she's another. She's another. Funny looking girl, so they probably just hang out together and sing choir songs <laughs> in McDonald's. Uh, Hector has developed a technique for implanting a telephone directly into a girl's head. Brilliant. So this this is a high school science fair. He's just literally cut open a human being and planted yeah. a device inside. Yeah, sure. And That's she's scans. hearing all kinds of voices, just like when Lori Partridge got the radio on her braces. <laughs> uh, Ted Walliter displays his... Uh, Invention, which is a very socially useful device, a remote control unit which blows up useless inventions. So by his hubris, he has just blown up the work of all of his competitors. Yes, Sandy Mopoop from City High. Marvin Lout from Low High. And Raph Sinatra from Hoboken High. (laughs) Raph. Now that's what I call useful. And that's all we get at the science fair. We don't get the dancing girl with the, the radioactivated no. dancing girl in the cage. We do see that Tad has won first prize. Yeah. And now they're all going to get back to their fun and games. Mean do remember, what? Do you remember hearing the story about that student that would cage dance in the gay club in Jacksonville? Yeah, Beast Boy. Beast mm-hmm. Boy, yes. Yeah. Um, we never went there. No. But um, one of our colleagues used to frequent the bar quite frequently. Yes. And he told us that the student who was, uh, he was... Uh, her suit. Her suit, yes. yes. Um, and and quite fit. Yes. Would, for money, um, and he was, I believe the student was straight. Yes. Would actually dance in the club in a cage, mm-hmm. um, and and the clientele who would go would call him Beast Boy. Sure. Yeah. Well, that might have been his stage name. I, we never, we, like I said, we never went to the bar and no. never saw him, but, but we... 
thought it was funny because I'd I'd see him on the campus and I'd go, no one would know that 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 guy is a cage dancer in a gay club. You know, good. But you use your assets. God for bless him. Yeah. yeah, if you got it, flaunt it, baby, flaunt yeah. it. Meanwhile, back at the Grand Hotel, Bob has decided to tell Tad the truth about Super Hip. Yes. They are going to his room, room 308. Mm-hmm. While they're waiting for him, Harvard Harvard's going to crawl under the bed and have a little nap. Bob Hope opens the closet and there's a skeleton inside. Not only that, but it walks and talks and takes his coat. Well, he's terrified of it. Yes. He runs away. There's also a little dog skeleton. Mm-hmm. That's adorable with a big ribbon on its head. Oh, and Harvard Harvard gets so scared, his ears go straight up in the air. Yes. Bob Hope's trying to make his escape, but there's a ghost chasing him down the hallway. A g- 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 ghost! Moments later in the basement, we discover that all these crooks and creeps are the city council who are trying to scare the guests out of town so that they don't have to make any changes to the town, much like another town I could mention that we've lived in. Yes, but they're buying up the whole town for pennies. Not Okay, the yeah. thing is, in that scheme of buying up the whole town for pennies, right. you do that so that you can realize a profit. Right. So at one point, you actually need to make the town profitable as something to acquire. Sure. But they want to buy it all up first before they can I guess that's sell the, it. But the, the town is disgusting. It's falling apart everywhere. It's falling apart, and now it has a reputation for being haunted. Now, who's that Busty McBusterson over there, that girl? Oh, the she's on the faculty of the school. She's like the Elvira. Yeah, yes. or Morticia Adams. Morticia like Adams, that. I see. Uh, Bob finds the faculty. He's explaining what's happened, and she thinks that the faculty member should investigate which they do, and of course, they are real creeps and kooks and monsters. Universal monsters. And they are going to scare uh, these town councilmen. Which they do. Yes. They chase them all around, chase them out of the hotel, even get physically violent with them. Yes, because Frankenstein's monster gets called Frankenstein. Yes. And he... He does not like that. No. Tosses a man out the window. Now... And then they... Bind them with thick hemp rope. Yes, Tad Walleter has wrapped them all up in rope. This is just like Scooby-Doo. These are the ghosts of Grand Hotel, Mr. Mayor. Ghosts is right. They look paler than a snowflake on a coal pile. He says, thanks to you and your friends, our town will now, now lose the terrible name it had. That's hard to do that. that is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it will lose the terrible name, but it might gain a worse one, like Vroom Town, with all these teens running riot all over the place. <laughs> these, teen, these fucking teenagers are riding their scooters inside of structures, up and down staircases, Idiots. and across bars, and making, I mean, ruining this place. Tad Walleter and Lisa are driving off on the scooter, and Lisa says, come on, Henrietta, join us. And she says, nope, if I can't have super hip... I'd rather be alone. Well, if Tad's around, I've got a sneaking hunch you won't see much of Super Hip. <laughs> Wink. So I guess he didn't tell him yet. No. But he, the possibility is there. So I guess we'll always, so Bob Hope will always have Super Hip and Tad Walter? Uh, I believe he will until, uh, I don't know. You don't I know guess. how many more issues there are in, in our sequence? Uh, not many more in our sequence, but I will uh, do some research if you're really interested. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm just feigning interest. Um, super hip. 
<laughs> Superhip does later appear in comics. I believe he appears in a couple of issues of uh, some version of Doom Patrol, not the one that we're reading. Okay. I mean, he like in modern times, he okay. appears as kind of a, you know, a gag. And uh, I will tell you one thing. What? I would take eight million Bob Hope stories over one Jerry Lewis story. Oh, amen. Those Jerry Lewis stories are the worst. Dreadful. They're awful. They truly are. Probably the worst comics that we read. Worse than Metalman. Oh, now, come on. What? Metalman are... They're, I mean, I would read two Metalman to one Bob Hope. Okay. Yeah. Well, hmm... <laughs> well, I have to re-say that. I, I have to. I have to. I, I would retract my statement. I wish to retract my statement. I'd rather read Bob Hope, The Metalman, and I would read anything over Jerry Lewis. Those oh, yeah. are the worst. Yeah. Oh my God. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, well, we, I dragged you into this. That's all right. Is it? We have some other wonderful comics. I enjoy sure. the war comics that we read. I do too. And I, I never I like thought the, I'd say that. I, I like the Supergirl comics and everything. So, and of course, I, I get through the detective comics. Sorry, listener. I, I get through the Batman and Robin. I've never cared much for Batman and Robin. You know I never did either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his Bat family just fine, but him himself, he's kind oh, of... Oh, like Batgirl. Batgirl and Batwoman. And, and what was that? Well, when you, for a little while you I was reading it, um, where like one of the women is, she's been crippled and... Um, Oracle. Oracle, yes. That was a great little sure. series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, and you can find us right back here next week. Yes, indeed. And guess what's next week? What? The Adam. The, the Adam. He shrinks and fights and shrinks and fights. <laughs> it's, the song's not perfect yet, but... You're working on it? Yep. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. great. All right. Yeah. Bye! Bye.